Amen. Well, this is just an exciting time of year, is it not? I mean, just turn to someone near you and just say something that you are excited about at this time of year, just for 10 seconds, something you're excited about right now. And everyone heard Lori, pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> well, we have just an exciting season in our church right now. We just have a lot of things going on, and that's just kind of part of fall. We've got uh, baby dedications this morning. We've had, as Pastor Chris said, we've had salvations over the past month. We have uh, baptisms coming up next month. Wednesdays at Lakeview has been going on this fall. Trunk or Treat is coming up this Saturday, which, by the way, small plug for that. If you have not signed up to help, there is still help needed. There's still trunks needed, uh, candy needed. So if you haven't signed up already, you want to make sure you sign up. You can do that in the bulletin. Uh, you can scan that QR code. But there's just a lot of ways that you can be involved with that event. And if you're like, hey, I'm already helping. I've already uh, signed up to help. You also can invite people. And so actually on your way out this morning, you're going to receive some little invite cards that you can invite your friends, families, neighbor. Um, just have them come out to this event on Saturday, 5 to 8 p.m. And so uh, we just want to rally around that event together. But there's all sorts of just exciting things happening in the fall. That's just that's kind of how fall is. And, and it's beautiful in a lot of ways. It's, it's just a, a bright colorful season, uh, the leaves are just changing colors, but it's also a little bit of a reminder that things are starting to die, right? Like you see the colors and they're beautiful, but then the leaves fall and then you spend hours raking up the dead leaves on the ground, or you see the flowers that are beautiful and in bloom and then they kind of start fading and all these things kind of start to, to die and, and taper off. The trees start to look a little bit more dead. They're not, but they kind of start to look it. And all these plants that for months have been green and vibrant and flowering and alive are slowly starting to die. Now, this might sound like a, a depressing thing, but actually for me, this is a great thing because I resonate with the season of fall as a plant killer. Um, so I see fall, and, and it's, it's encouraging to me because I'm not the only one killing plants in the world. And so I, I love the idea of plants. I really do. I have great intentions. And when they put all, out all the plants at Lowe's, I see them, and I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this plant live this time. And I get it, and I take it home, and I water it, and I move it around our house because there's not a great place for sun. And, and it starts out really great. I've got great intentions. And then as we go, it starts looking a little limp, which is fine. So I say, okay, I'll just I'll water it some more. I'm going to stick it in the sun. I'm going to do everything that I know plants need. And then it starts looking a little more than limp. Some of you are, are agreeing with me. And then next thing you know, I look at that sweet little tiny 
once living potted plant, and I realize there is no coming back. It is done dead, dried up, not even the greenest thumb in the world could bring that plant back to life because I got a hold of it. So when I look outside at fall time and I see that things are kind of starting to die, there's a little piece in my heart that says, well, I guess I'm not so bad because I'm not the only one killing plants in the world. Plants are dying all around me. Now, this is a wonderful comical idea, but it comes a little bit less comically when we step back and we realize in certain seasons of our lives that the same thing is true. Things die. It's just, it's just part of life. Things, people, dreams, aspirations, projects, often there comes a point despite our best intentions, our, our best watering, where each of these things die. It just, it just happens. And we think if I pour more time or energy or love into whatever this thing is, then maybe it will continue to live but then at some point, we kind of look at it sideways and, and maybe a relationship or a situation, we kind of think, you know what? I, I think it's dead. I think it's long dead. I think it's all dried up and there's no coming back. Maybe we look at like a relationship, for example that at one point was vibrant and life-giving and, and full of bloom, and then it kind of starts to get a little limp, and then eventually you look at it at one point and you realize it's just not life-giving anymore. Or maybe a, a dream or a hope, something that you've had envisioned in your mind a certain way, and then as time passes, you realize it's just kind of died somewhere along the way. Maybe you have a situation in your life that you've been trying to pour your time and your energy into, and, and then you step back and you look at your muddied hands and you realize it's just too far gone. Or maybe, maybe you look at a loved one, or maybe even look in the mirror and, and you hear the words of the doctor echoing in your head, saying, there's just nothing else we can do. See, because we live in a fallen world, part of life is death. And just like there's different seasons of the year, some marked my new life and sunshine and others by the falling leaves and skeletal looking trees. There are seasons in our lives where it can feel like everything around us is either dead or dying. There's a story in the Bible about a guy who found himself in a valley surrounded by literal dead things. 
bones, actually. It's found in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And so if you have a Bible with you or if you've got it on your phone, go ahead and open up to Ezekiel 37. And if not, you can just listen along with us or follow on the screen. But in Ezekiel chapter 37, it tells the story of a guy named Ezekiel, a prophet who was given a message by God to give to the people. And in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, it says this. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Now, these weren't just the bones of like recent deaths, okay? They were completely dried up, which means they were from battles long past. And so at the very least, they've been there for several months, but more likely they've probably been there for several years because they are all dried up. And so then the question that God asks Ezekiel must have seemed pretty bizarre, to say the least. So he says in verse 3, Then he asked me, God asked Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. See, Ezekiel is smart. When God asks him a bizarre question, he knows better than to give the obvious answer. See, Ezekiel is, is um, he's like a wise, seasoned husband <laughs> who recognizes that there are loaded questions in life, right? Loaded questions like, Honey, does this look okay? Or, or better yet, does this, does this make me look fat? Or um, can I tell you something, just real quick? <laughs> I use that one a lot, but my personal favorite, where should we eat tonight? See, the wise husband, I hear some chuckles. It sounds like you've had some experience with these loaded questions. The wise husband has realized to tread carefully with the way he answers these questions. Ezekiel recognizes that this is a loaded question, so he very wisely answers, only you know. Lord, only you know. And I think it's important to pause here and recognize not only how wise this is, but how profound this is. See, Ezekiel recognizes that in the face of death, only God knows what's possible. See, there are things for us to know And there are things for God to know. And only God can know all that is possible. 
Now take a look at what happens next. Some of you know what's coming. I love this part. If you don't know, go ahead and tune in. Even if you do, hear what happens next, picking up in verse 4. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. Then they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Now, this is one of those passages that when I read it, I think, don't you dare tell me that the Bible is boring. I mean, just, just picture this. One second, you're in a valley, literally surrounded by bones, done dead bones, dry, far too gone bones. And God says, speak these words, Ezekiel. And so he does. And, and I don't think Ezekiel fully expected what was happening next. In fact, I'm pretty certain he didn't because all of a sudden, a rattle. And, and it starts out as like a rattle that you can hear. And then all of a sudden, it's like a rattle that you can feel in your own bones. And, and this rattle, and, and all of a sudden, chills just go down your spine. The hair on the back of your neck stands up. And, and over here, a hip bone. And it, it moves. And then, and then over here, a, a thigh bone, and it just kind of clicks into place, and then, and then a thigh bone connects to the knee bone, and the knee bone to the, the other leg bone, and you can tell that I didn't learn the bone song, but regardless, the bones start clicking in together, and then if that wasn't creepy enough, there's just these skeletons laying around you, and then all of a sudden, muscles and tendons and ligaments and, and skin start just forming over these bones, just all on their own. And at this point, it's like beyond, hey, wow, cool party trick. Like, this is borderline gruesome stuff here. Like, this is, it's kind of gross. It's terrifying. And now these bones are bodies. 
Like, I don't know which one is, is more terrifying, standing in the graveyard of bones or standing in the graveyard of bodies. But Ezekiel looks around, and there are bodies laying all around him, but they're not living. They have no breath. And so what does God do? He tells Ezekiel, speak over these bodies. Call out the winds. And so Ezekiel speaks, and then a wind, a breath, blows into the valley. And I can hear this in my head. Ezekiel standing there wondering when he's going to have a chance to go change his pants. And then all of a sudden, he hears it. And then another one. And they start standing up. And their lungs are inflating. And all of a sudden, these bones are no longer bones. They're bodies. And these bodies are no longer bodies. They are standing up. And they're humans. They're living in army of people, soldiers. And this valley that was filled with nothing but death and bones and bones that were far gone is suddenly filled with life and breath and living human beings right before Ezekiel's eyes. Don't you dare tell me that the Bible is boring. But what blows me away with this whole story is how this all happened. You might say, well, Jessica, you just told us how this all happened. But I mean, how did what just happened happen? Did you notice that? Ezekiel spoke. Ezekiel, a man, a human being, Spoke. That's what set this all into motion. But it wasn't his words that he spoke. It was God's words. Did you catch that? He said, speak these words over the bones. Listen to what? Listen to the word of the Lord. See, there's things for us to know and things for God to know, but there's also things for us to do and things for God to do. Our role is to obey, to do what God tells us to do. In Ezekiel's case, that was speak. God's role is actually to restore life. See, none of that happened because of Ezekiel's power. It happened because of God's power, because Ezekiel spoke God's word, and God used Ezekiel's obedience to demonstrate his power. He worked through Ezekiel. See, in life, we have a role, and God has a role. God's role is to be who he is, all-powerful, life-giving, wonder-working, incredible, amazing, all-knowing God. That's his job. Our role is to listen and obey, 
to speak when God says to speak, or to watch in awe when God does incredible things through us but in spite of us. And when God's people obey, God does what only God can do. He moves, he works, he restores life to things that were once dead, and he makes himself known. And sometimes in our lives, we're tempted to look at the dead things that surround us. The things that are too far gone, that have been dead and dry for a long time, maybe even years. And we think there's nothing that can be done at this point. My marriage is too far gone. My son, my daughter, my relationship, this situation is too far gone. But what if instead of focusing on what we clearly cannot do and we were never asked to do, what if instead we stepped back and let God do what he does best, what only he can do, restore life and breath to things that once were dead? But if only God can do this, you might ask, well, what does he need me for? Why, why did he need Ezekiel in this story? Why is our role so important, this role of obedience? Because the purpose of God restoring life is to bring God more glory and to make God more known. And how can God be known without the knowers? The people who are meant to know him. That's why God told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, speak these words. Then what? In verse six, then you will know that I am the Lord. That was the whole purpose in God restoring these bones back to life. The people of Israel in this story, they had disobeyed God. And as a result, they found themselves living in exile, carried away from their homeland. They'd lost their home. They'd lost their hope. And it was like a part of them inside had died. Because disobedience leads to death. And so all of this is why God said, these bones, they represent my people. And they're crying out to me, God, we're old and we're dry and our hope is gone, our home is gone, our nation is finished. But God instructs Ezekiel to speak new life into their lungs. He says, through Ezekiel, to his people, oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. 
God wanted his people to know him once again, but he knew he would need to breathe new life into their hearts in order for that to happen. And some of us in this room are, are looking around at the things in our lives, the situations, relationships, and people, and we're crying out, all I see is death. Everything around me is dying, too far gone, and I can't see past this valley of hopelessness. But God is crying out, oh my people, I can restore life I can restore hope. And if I can breathe life into old, dry bones, I can breathe life into you too. And you can know me. There is nothing too far gone that I cannot breathe life into it. See, some of us need... God, to breathe new life into the dead things surrounding us. Maybe you have old wounds that have just sucked the life out of you. Situations that seem hopeless and have blinded you from the possibility of seeing hope again. And you've known God, you know God, but in this season, you need a fresh breath of his spirit to remind you that he's still there, and he's still moving, and he's still able, and he still cares. If God can breathe life into dry bones, he can breathe life into you. So don't give up hope. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've been dead inside for your whole life. You've been living, but you haven't really been living, you know what I mean? You've been searching for a reason to hope, searching for a reason to live, and you've never known that there actually was another way of living because you've never known God but God desires to know you. He desires for you to know him so that he can breathe true life into your living. And I wanna invite you today to know God so you can start living. And there may be others here who are called to obey. Really, we're all called to obey. But there may be some of you who are called to speak that life into dead things around you. God is asking you maybe to be an Ezekiel, to speak truth and life over the situations and people around you so that God can be made more known. And so this morning, as I close, I want to pray over you. I asked the Lord, how do I end this message? And I, I felt very strongly, pray over the people. And so I want to invite you to just bow your heads. But I, I want to pray over you in the way that you most need 
this morning because there's all different needs in this room. So with every head bowed, no one looking around, I wanna just start by praying over those who find themselves in that first category. Who would be willing to say, Pastor Jessica, I just need prayer for hope and a breath of new life. I know God, but I have something in my life that I've given up hope on And I'd just like you to ask God with me to restore my hope, to breathe fresh life into that situation. And so if you find yourself in that situation this morning, would you just raise your hand so that I can pray over you? Yeah. Father, I just pray over those who have their hands lifted right now. Lord, would you fill their hearts with a fresh wind of your spirit, with hope, because you are the God who is able. You are the God who can breathe new life into things that were dead. So, Father, I pray life over these in this room who feel like everything around them is dead and dying. Lord, you see their hands and you see their hearts. Fill them this morning with your life-giving hope. Maybe you're here and you're in that second category where you don't know God. You've been living life, but you feel dead, and this morning you recognize that what you're missing is a relationship with the life-giving God, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, I wanna invite you to raise your hand just as your way of saying, I don't know God, but I think I want to. I don't know all the details, I don't know how, how this all works, but but I think I want to know God because I think I need life. If that's you in this room, would you just raise your hand? Yeah. Lord, I pray for this life that needs life. Father, you bring dead things back to life. I pray for those who who want to know you and don't know exactly how, but know that they need something more than the life that they're living right now. Father, would you fill this life with, with newness that comes only from you. And maybe for the very first time, help them to recognize that the reason for living is to know you. Finally, maybe you're here and you're in that third category 
and you feel God maybe prompting you to be an Ezekiel, to simply obey and to speak words of life and truth over those around you. If that's you and you're in this room or watching, would you raise your hand just as a way of saying, I would like you to pray a blessing of courage over me as I speak life into the dead things around me. Yeah. Lord, I pray over these in this room who you are calling to be life speakers, who you are calling and inviting to join you in the work of restoring life by being obedient, by being brave, to speak life and truth over the people and the situations around them that are dead and dying. Lord, you've invited each of these now would you fill them with the courage and the braveness that they need to stand up in a valley of dead things and to be bold in pointing towards you, our life giver. God, we recognize this morning that you alone are able, you alone care and know exactly what we need. Father, in each of these three areas, would you breathe new life? Cause the dead things to raise again so that you would receive all the glory and you would be made known. Lord, we ask all of these things in your powerful in your life-giving, your loving, your all-knowing, able name, Holy Father God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you leave this room this morning full of life and the breath?